You can't always trust the lifeguard to keep you safe in the water because sometimes they can be the danger. This world is a strange one. As a lifeguard, you have to keep your eye out for a hundred different things at once. People drowning in the water, people going where they shouldn't be, hungry animals getting too close to the people. Needless to say, a lifeguard's job can be extremely stressful. You can see things you don't want to see and you could become something you never wanted to be. Enjoy these allegedly true stories about lifeguards. But first, have you ever encountered the men in black? I want to hear your story. Send it to me at darknessprevails.org. Also, follow me on Twitter at darkprevails so that you don't miss out on some hidden gems like my obese dog. Now, let's see why swimming is overrated. Couches are always better than water. Number one, the old swimming man, submitted by Loki. I work as a lifeguard at the only pool in my small farming village. It's a pretty great job and by far the best a teenager like me can get in my secluded town. Despite the size and impoverished state of my town, the pool I work at is very large and well-kept much like the public high school it is attached to. There are two pools that we guard, a large lap pool and a slightly smaller kids pool, which gradually slopes to its deep end. Lastly, the pool area has a hot tub, which is situated in the corner of the pool area where it is hard for the lifeguards to watch. Therefore, it's the only unguarded area. I always found the fact that we did not guard the hot tub a little unsettling. What if an elderly person had a heart attack what if the water got too hot and became too much for someone? I believe my fears about the hot tub were founded, but not for the reasons I thought. Most of the time, the only problems lifeguards encountered were minor injuries or kids venturing a bit too far into the water. But occasionally, situations can get a little more terrifying. Soon after starting my job at age 16, I began to notice a man who would always come in to swim 15 minutes before we closed. He would always swim laps in the kids' pool, which did not strike me as odd, seeing as many of the elderly people that attended liked to work out in the kids' pool because it's warmer and more shallow. Even so, something about him always struck me as odd, but I didn't know what. Maybe it was the way he always greeted people in a way that I found to be a bit too kind maybe a bit too fake. He also always took too much of an interest in the children who splashed and played around him. After a while, we all got used to his creepy nature, only occasionally having to turn the lights out on him because none of the guards ever wanted to talk to him. Pretty much everyone wanted to stay away from him, and I don't blame them. Now comes the part of the story that I'm less eager to share. Keep in mind that I'm 17, but I look very much 13. I've got a petite body, and I haven't really matured physically, and that makes this situation much creepier. Well, a few months back, I was working with a female guard in my grade and a male guard a year younger than me. Their names were Jordan and Austin, respectively. That day, the pool was empty, so the three of us were just messing around and hanging out in the guard room. 
Jordan was standing in the doorframe of the room, and me and Austin were cramped inside the minuscule room, when we suddenly heard from behind Jordan, the old man's chipper yet eerie voice say, I'm back. It sounded like something straight from a horror film. At least that is what Jordan decided when we were closing up for the night. She still teases me with it, saying I'm back whenever she sees me and I haven't seen her yet. It really gives me chills. About a month back, I was sitting at the head guard chair. This chair is situated in the middle of the two guarded pools and at the front of the room. In other words, I was in the prime spot to talk to the guests. Most of our conversations would usually consist of only a courteous, have a good day, or a bright, good morning. But that day was entirely different. The creepy old man came into the pool area. From the closer distance, I could approximate his age to be somewhere in his 50s. The man had thinning gray hair and cold blue eyes, as well as wrinkled skin that made his fake smile look like something far more sinister and otherworldly. I expected him to simply walk past me, right by my chair, and go swimming, but it seems he had something else in mind that day. I barely remember everything that happened, mostly because I think I blocked it out. He grabbed me by my foot with his already moist hand and muttered a chipper, good morning. I was completely weirded out as he let go and then walked into the pool. No one ever touches the lifeguards. People rarely ever acknowledge us, but there the old man was, grabbing my foot like someone with some sort of fetish. Perhaps the last bit is closer to the truth than I had thought at the time. I was more creeped out by him than I'd ever been. Well, a few days later, I was working with one of my friends named Alexa. I was in the chair opposite the head chair that day, and Alexa was in the head chair. I watched the creepy old man walk into the pool area, hair wisps and all. I watched him greet Alexa, then go into the pool to swim, staring at every other person far too long. A few moments later, Alexa jumped off her chair and rushed to my side. In an exasperated breath, she explains that the old man had said her flip-flops, which she was wearing at the time, were attractive. It made me shudder. At this point, I hadn't told anyone else about how he groped my foot, so I finally relayed the information to Alexa. She looked freaked out and disgusted, emotions I could second. About a week ago, I was working with Alexa again, when of course the man came back to the pool. The two of us exchanged the look that all guards do when they see something bad coming. Luckily, he decided not to be creepy that day. Instead, he decided to tell another woman who was swimming in the pool that for some reason or another, he was now boycotting McDonald's. Apparently, they supported the LGBT community and he didn't like that one bit. He kept going on about how evil gays were but the woman stopped him by stating that her mother was lesbian. But the man quickly replied, even more angry now, that she should pray for her mother or they would both be going to hell. And as he said this, he grabbed the woman by the hand. Infuriated, the woman relayed this information to the guards and Alexa reported it to the supervisor who wrote the old creepy man up for what I assume can be assault or hate speech. 
I do believe that everyone has a right to their opinion. A public pool, though, is not the place to be telling random people that they're going to be burning in fire for the rest of eternity. Just the other day, I was very excited to go to work because I would be working with my two closest lifeguard friends, Luke, a shy but very intelligent friend of mine, and my ex-girlfriend, Caroline, who I maintain a close friendship with. That day, I was the guard with the most seniority, and I sat in the head chair. Luke sat across from me, and Caroline sat in the chair next to the hot tub. We had an easy shift that day, which is always nice, but it didn't last long. At one point, Caroline's little brother decided to go swimming, meaning we actually had to worry about jumping in after someone. And of course, around the same time, an unwanted visitor stopped by, the creepy old man. When he first walked in, I was standing in front of my chair, doing the regular chemical testing of the pool. Caroline was sitting in the chair for me, for the time being. We had been chatting as I tested the water, when Luke got back from a bathroom break. In his soft-spoken and usually sarcastic way, Luke told me that my favorite person was in the men's locker room. My heart sank right away, but I laughed it off and retorted in my usual sarcastic way. I said something about being so excited. Then Luke made his way back to his chair. Caroline being new was completely confused as to what we were talking about. I explained that Luke meant that the creepy old man was here. The man then walked by the chair, and we muttered things to each other out loud, trying to get his attention, trying to rile him up, saying that we were very gay and can't wait to be doing gay things. But the man just walked past, and I wasn't totally sure if he had heard us. We went on with our work, and the old man moved over to the lap pool to do swim laps, as he had recently begun to do. When I saw that he was about to walk past me into the hot tub, I reflexively pulled my feet away from him so that they were out of reach. My hands dangled slightly beyond the guard tube which laid on my lap. I expected him to just walk past like he usually did, like everybody did. But instead of doing what I expected, again he stopped. His cold, wet hand grabbed my own and my eyes widened with fear. He stared at me, his grip getting tighter by the second until it began to hurt. His lips began to quiver, baring his teeth as they pulsated. He looked angry. He looked full of hate and disappointment. I would have told him to stop, to leave me alone, but I was so scared, so completely taken off guard that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say a word. Then suddenly his face went calm again. Then he released my hand without a word and walked away. After that, I didn't look back at the man. All I did was look up to Luke. He looked at me with a worried expression. I could feel myself beginning to hyperventilate and I quickly tapped my foot to ease my anxiety. I know I look like a wimp, but you must understand that I hate being touched and the way he did it it was something I never thought I'd experience in my life. I am terrible in social interactions, and I had just let him touch my hand like that without saying anything, without even pulling away. After the next few agonizing moments of purposefully averting my eyes from the hot tub, 
I found an excuse to walk over to Luke. He muttered a kind word of agreement on how weird that had been, and I replied that the next time the old man did that, he wasn't going to get away unscathed. I tried to sound strong, but inside I was trembling. Luke chuckled and said that I should just say my foot reflexively kicks people when they touch me. I agreed, but decided it was only when creepy old perverts would touch me. We both laughed and I felt myself become more at ease. I went back to my chair, dreading when that old man would have to walk past me once more. I was planning on calling Caroline over to the stand next to me so we could make more gay comments whenever he decided to pass by again. But Caroline was busy helping her brother and his friends when I saw the old man headed back in my direction. Conspicuously, I jumped out of my chair and raced over to Luke. He greeted me in an understanding way and the two of us watched as the man left. I muttered my words of thanks to Luke then stopped quite literally hiding behind him to resume my job. After we had closed up, I told my supervisor what had happened and she said she'd bring it up to my manager, but I haven't heard more about it. Honestly, I tell myself that if he tries that again, that I'd kick him in the face, but I don't know if I have the courage to fight back. I can't help but think about the smaller female guards I work with. I worry that he'll try something on them or even on the young kids, because like I said, I look 13 and he had no problem harassing me. The creepiest part about that day was when I saw him in the parking lot, staring straight ahead. At first, I thought he was waiting for me and I freaked out, but as I pulled away in my car and my coworkers left for the day, leaving the entire place empty, he just stayed there, never moving his head just staring into the nothingness. I just hope there comes a day when I never have to see him at those pools again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, The Hellhound, submitted by Mandy. I'm a former lifeguard, and this happened just last June. It was a warm day, and my boss had called me over, telling me that we would have a full house in the morning, that I should prepare for an early start at the pool. I understood, I understood, as it was going to be his son's birthday that day. I would be working all day as a lifeguard, and I would also take the gifts and put them in the back of the lounge. I watched all the kids and parents in the water, making sure they were good and safe. It was a small pool, and there would rarely be anyone drowning or even having trouble swimming. During my time there, I don't think I've even ever heard of anyone having trouble. I think at around 4 or 5 p.m., some girl began to scream in excruciating pain, exclaiming how something had grabbed her foot and yanked her under the water. She was gasping for air, but luckily her mom pulled her out just in time before she went all the way under. Since I was the only lifeguard on duty, I had to check the pool and make sure she didn't have any hurt or broken bones. As her mom and I checked her leg, another girl began screaming yelling at the top of her lungs that there's a dog in the pool. I quickly turned around and gasped in horror as a dark red colored dog was swimming through the water. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I didn't believe it when I first saw it. It didn't look like a dog at all. It had no hair or fur. Its skin looked mangy and its eyes were completely bloodshot. If it really was a dog and not some disease-ridden animal, it could have been a mix between a pit bull and a Rottweiler. It jumped out of the water, cuts and bruises all over its body, and began to run after the children nearby. I ran to my chair and began to ring a bell. It was our modest alarm system, which meant to everyone that they needed to get out of the water and leave. Then as fast as I could, I called animal control and I prayed that they'd get here before someone got really hurt, or worse. I watched as the manged out dog grabbed a girl by her bikini and pulled her into the water. Why on earth it wanted them in the water, I don't know, but I didn't want to sit there and just watch people who were in danger. I jumped out of my lifeguard's chair, I jumped into the water, and I swam as fast as I could over to the girl. She was screaming and crying, I could barely grab hold of her as she was kicking and flailing about, but as I pulled on her, the dog would yank her back, so I was fighting two things at once. As hard as I could, I punched the dog in the nose, and it actually let go, and with all the power I could muster, I pulled the girl out of the water and told her to get away. She didn't seem to be hurt, just freaked out with some torn up clothes. 
She ran to a woman I assumed was her mother. Then they escaped into the lounge. I pulled myself out of the water, feeling a dangerous presence just behind me. I was basically the only one left in the pool area with that dog. As soon as I was back on land, I ran straight for the door to the lounge, but I could hear wet paws slapping against the ground behind me, and they were catching up fast. I don't know how, but I managed to make it to the door before the dog reached me, and as soon as I got there, someone opened the door for me. I ran in and we slammed it shut, just as we heard the thing slam into the door. I ran to the front desk, informing them what was happening to not let anyone in the pool. We locked all the gates and doors, and we waited for animal control to show up. It took them two hours, literally two hours to get to the building. If we had been locked out of the lounge room, that dog could have killed people by then. Anyway, we showed them where the gate was where they could enter the pool area. Then they began to search the premises, but they came up empty-handed, only managing to find a part of the fence that had been chewed through. This rabid dog had escaped. Ever since the event, I've been scared that it could happen again. I mean, nobody even saw how the dog got in there, but to be trapped in a fenced-in area with a rabid creature that wanted to tear you apart, it was horrifying for all of us. It changed the way I viewed my job. It changed the way I saw any animal, especially dogs. I still wonder if the situation was worse, how many people could be dead right now. Number three, The Red Follower, submitted by Myra B. Last summer, I went swimming at my local public pool. It was around 2.30 in the afternoon. Something I noticed right away was that it was fairly empty, which was odd considering how hot the day was and that that specific pool was always packed with people. There was only one lifeguard on duty that day and he seemed completely emotionless, almost like he was dead inside. If you know me personally, you would know I'm a very talkative and hyper person. So me being the dumb person I was, I tried to start a conversation with them. He seemed to be a 20-year-old young man. While I tried talking to him, he just looked back to me and screamed in my face, leave me alone and let me do my job. I could feel his saliva land on my face the way he had shouted it at me at such close range. It seemed to come out of left field I wasn't expecting him to be so rude. I mean, there were only two other people at the pool besides me. If I had been bothering him on any other day, I would totally understand why he was mad. But to be this mad about someone coming up to him to say hi, it was dumbfounding. So I said, whatever, man. Then I cursed at him in my anger. He got so frustrated that he kicked me out. I was mad, but at that point, I just let it go and left. About a half an hour later, I met my mom at the local Taco Bell to get some lunch. Literally two minutes after we walked in, I saw that same lifeguard come in the doors. It was weird and creepy, but maybe he was having his own lunch break, I thought, and I tried not to think any more of it. The thing was, the guy kept staring at me from across the room. He didn't even seem to blink, and his face grew more and more red 
like a freaking tomato, as if he was so mad about something. At one point, I had to use the bathroom. I tried to hold it in as long as I could, but my mom was taking her sweet time finishing her meal, so I was forced to go use the Taco Bell bathroom. Not two seconds after I had started my business, the lifeguard walked in, and he stood there, completely still, staring at me. I stopped what I was doing right away, and I turned to face him, and before I could let out a single word, he ran at me and pushed me up against the wall and grabbed me by the throat. I couldn't breathe. The guy was so much bigger than me, and my vision was already blurring from his force, and as I began to black out, someone else entered the bathroom, and then it all went black. I woke up an unknown amount of time later. A paramedic was standing over me, and my mom's worried face greeted me from a few feet away. I was all right, just a few busted veins in my face, nothing broken, nothing torn. But I was still very confused as to why the guy was so angry with me that he had followed me to Taco Bell and tried to kill me. Well, I got the story later on. Turns out his manager was there that day at the pool. They had heard the way he yelled at me and they had fired him on the spot. Now, I wasn't trying to get anyone fired and I can understand that he might be mad, but I didn't force him to yell at me and I wasn't trying to make anyone angry. It blows my mind that he would follow me and try to hurt me just because of that. Now that man is behind bars for the time being, and I can't help but wonder how far would he have taken it if someone else hadn't entered the bathroom in time. Number four, a ghost almost drowned me. Submitted by AJW. I was 17 years old when this happened. It was the first year of me lifeguarding at a public pool located in my small town in Alberta, Canada. At the pool I worked at, we would close around 7 p.m. Then all the lifeguards on shift could go for a quick dip before actually closing down. Anyway, we had just kicked everyone out and it was only me and my friend named Alexa. She was across from me cleaning out the hot tub and I decided to go in the water since I had everything packed away. My end of the day chores were done first. I jumped in and began to relax in the water. I've always enjoyed swimming and being underwater was so peaceful and quiet. I would often take a big breath, then try to see how long I could hold it underwater, just sitting at the bottom of the pool. So that's exactly what I was doing. After about 45 seconds, I came back up for air to see if Alexa was done yet, but she wasn't. I laughed and said to her, what's taking you so long? She turned around with a frustrated look on her face and replied with, some people just don't know how to use a freaking shower before they come in here. I laughed at her again, amused at her annoyance. Alexa just sighed again and went back to cleaning. So I said, okay, well, when you're done, I'll be waiting for you down here. I then dived back to the bottom of the pool after taking an even bigger breath than last time. As I once again sat cross-legged at the bottom of the pool, I looked up towards the surface, waiting for Alexa to dive in with me at any moment. But I heard something else. 
I turned my head to the side of the pool where the sound had come from. It sounded like something bumped into the ladder leading out of the pool, which would regularly make a loud creaking sound when someone used it. After seeing nothing there, I began looking all around me because I thought it was Alexa trying to scare me. I then heard the noise again, but at the other side of the pool where the other ladder was located. This all happened within 25 seconds, and even though I knew I could hold my breath for longer, I decided to go up to the surface to see what was causing those weird noises. I was around halfway to the surface when I felt someone's hand wrap around my ankle. Thinking it was Alexa, I playfully kicked at it and the hand let go. Once I was above the water, I laughed, waiting for Alexa to get to the surface as well. But then I heard her frustrated sigh again and I turned around to see her still cleaning the hot tub. I was scared. If she was still cleaning, then who had just grabbed my ankle? Then all of a sudden, the hand returned, latching onto my ankle once more. I instantly yelled out for Alexa, but all that escaped my mouth before I went back under was a quick, Alex. Before I knew it, I was being dragged back down to the bottom of the pool, and I was already out of air. I was flailing my body desperately, kicking at my ankle to get whatever it was to let go of me. I didn't have a chance to get a breath before going under, and I knew that I'd have only 30 seconds tops before my lungs began to burn. I kept looking up towards the surface, not wanting to see what had a hold of me, and as I was looking up, I saw the outline of Alexa herself diving into the pool and swimming towards me. I let out a silent scream for her that made water rush into my lungs. It was stupid, but you have to know how scared I was. Soon my chest was on fire, but luckily I felt Alexa's arms wrap around me and she pulled me back to the surface. When I got to the side of the pool, I coughed up way too much water and she was patting me on my back, asking me what the heck had just happened. As soon as I was done with my coughing fit, I told her everything, the noises, the hand, all of it. She looked at the pool, then back to me, and said, so basically what you're saying is, a ghost tried to drown you. And even though it sounded crazy, I nodded. She then laughed and helped me get back on my feet, and that was it. We haven't talked about it since then, and nothing similar has happened there again. Of course, though, I now tend to skip the closing hour swims. I still wonder, though, was it really a ghost that tried to drown me? Was I hallucinating from being down there too long? I'll probably never really know. But what I do know is that's the closest I've ever been to having it all end. And if it wasn't for Alexa, I would have been at the bottom of the pool for a lot longer than 45 seconds. And number five, the scary truth about lifeguarding, submitted by The Hangar Games. I became a lifeguard in 1998. I was 16 and I've kept my certification up ever since. In that time, I'm proud to say, I've only had to perform six rescues. Some were in deep water, others in shallow. Mostly they were in pools and a couple in natural bodies of water. 
there's always two things that are the same about every single rescue. They've all been children under the age of 18, and every single time most bystanders, even the kid's own parents, had no idea there was anything going on. Now, you may think that's not very scary, but think of it this way. You're a parent, and you think your kid is just splashing around and having fun, until you hear a blast of a whistle and feel the splash of a lifeguard right next to you. And moments later, you see your child lying on a red rescue tube, and that's when you realize your little boy or girl could have been dead already, and you would have no idea even still. Or switch it around, you're 10 years old, and the water is too deep for you to stand up. You flail your arms desperately, but you can't grab onto anything to keep yourself above water. As you sink and the water splashes against your face, you can't breathe, you can't even call for help, and your own mother, who's literally a foot away from you, just looks at you and smiles like you're goofing off, all while you slowly die. I'm not exaggerating either, I've seen it happen over and over again. The first and scariest rescue I ever had was on a two-year-old whose mom had let him go and she had turned her back for only a minute. In that time, his water wing slipped off his upper arms to his wrists and he didn't have the strength or skill to keep his face above water. For a second when I saw that, I was frozen in shock while his little hands clawed futilely at the water's surface before my training finally took over. His mom was startled and whirled around when I jumped into the water and she just stared in shock while I supported the toddler on my rescue tube. Reality only then dawned on her. Luckily, the kid was fine, only frightened. Most drownings are not what you see on TV or movies. They're always silent, without any call for help, usually without any splashing either. It's so easy and quick for a little kid to get overlooked when they're in danger, especially in a large group of swimmers. Please be careful and follow the rules. They really are there to keep you safe and alive. If that kid had died that day, both me and that mom would have never been the same. As with all jobs that require protecting, lifeguarding can be scary and deadly. Sometimes the people you protect want to hurt you. Sometimes the place you do your protecting is haunted with a dark past. Sometimes sitting in that lifeguard's chair can be more dangerous than being in the water. So to the people out there that keep us safe, don't forget to watch your own back every now and then. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your Men in Black stories soon at darknessprevails.org. Thank you.